Welcome back, everybody. I am so psyched I get a chance to speak to uh, Kapil Tallwalker. He's uh, he's an actor. You probably know him as Tobin on uh, my one of my favorite, actually, comedies of all time that just got renewed for a second season. Congratulations to uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Adventure. Welcome, Cap. Thanks, Alan. Thank you for having me, man. Oh man, the whole family was jumping up and down. And by the way, I take full I take full uh, pride in this. I am the one who discovered the show for my family and for all of my friends. I watched the the first episode and I immediately made everybody sit down and watch the the rest of the show with me. That is so cute, man. I'm that's very grateful for your support, dude. I'm especially bringing your whole family into it. Look, it's uh, the show, and again, we'll. We'll spend a bunch of time on Zoe's because I want to know a lot of stuff. Uh, before that, I want to dive into your background. But just in terms of Zoe's, um, I it's hard to find a show that has that rare combination of heart and humor. It's mm -hmm. difficult. So it's there's so many moments where you know within the first episode I've cried twice and I left out loud uh, at least three to four times. It's it's difficult to find that. Plus. I'm an actor, you know, musicals are my happy place. So to find that combination of everything, it's it's ridiculous and I love it. And uh, I, um, I I don't know how many times I've rewatched uh, certain episodes, but uh, yeah, I, the whole family was jumping up and down when we saw that it got renewed, so yeah. Thank you, thank you, man, thank you. Uh, okay, so let's get into your backstory because I want to know uh, a lot of things before we, you know, make our way up to up to Zoe's. Um, you came to the uh, United States as a kid. You were about three and a half to four years old. Your parents uh, moved here, and you moved to my hometown. You moved to Chi Town. So welcome from Chicago, by the way. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, I love Chicago. I was just there in uh, in January visiting some uh, some old friends. I still have some friends from from my from my years in uh, Chi Town. So um, so I went there uh, for for New Year's and had a great time. And it's you know one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah, and uh, you know Noah Weisberg is here. Uh, you know Noah was on the show. Uh, just I think he was my second ever guest. So uh, and that was very cool. And Noah actually grew up, I think, uh, 15 minutes from where I live. So uh, that was that was pretty uh, wild. Um, when uh, or how old were you when you left uh, to go to uh, the uh, uh, California? Um, I was. Um, I spent from like three, from three to like, I want to say six or seven. And okay. so I was about seven when I left. And but I, I so I left to California. But I came back almost every summer because all my friends were still back in Chicago. I still remember being so sad um, leaving because I'd made such great friendships. Some of the closest friendships I still have today are, are there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Chicago is awesome. So, uh, Chicago, everybody, if you haven't visited, you have to once things open up, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, speaking of opening up, I, I, I hear that uh, you've been spending some time with, uh, with your parents uh, during COVID. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'm I'm surprised uh, uh, how cool they are, <laughs> and 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 because growing up, I didn't like you know I, I fought a lot with my parents and stuff like that, and yeah. being here with them now, and we have to share the space, and they have like I'm an adult, so like it's you know I it's their house, so for me to be in here, I have to I have to realize that I have to be the one that had to make the compromises because I'm, you know, I mean, like I'm very grateful that they have me here, so. 
Uh, you're a wise man. I'm 45. My parents are much older. And at some point, you do learn that you're not going to change them. Uh, they are very interesting people, and you are the one that has to make the first step. So uh, you learned that earlier than I did. So good for you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, by the way, I, you know, speaking of your parents, I was reading that you know you're watching a lot of Indian movies while you're uh, while you're there with your folks. Uh, I grew up, you know, I came to the United States when I was 14 from Ukraine, uh, or technically from the former Soviet Union. It was not Ukraine yeah. at that point. So. I grew up with Indian movies because at that wow. time they weren't allowing any American movies uh, over. And uh, at you know, I remember as a kid I was watching Disco Dancer. So for yeah. me, you know, I was always fascinated with uh, with Indian culture because that's what I kind of grew up with. To watch, yeah, because you know they allowed Bollywood movies to be watched there, uh, in, but not Hollywood. And that's so interesting, man. I'm sure you remember Amitabh Bachchan and and some of the old uh, some of the old uh, Indian heroes of um, Jaya Badri. I don't know if you remember any of the, but but yeah, there, there's that's so cool, dude. Yeah. So um, for me, again, it was it's kind of uh, it's 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 um, life is a series of cycles, and uh, you certainly had those with your music. And look at the first show that you're really doing at NBC. It's all about you know, music. So things are coming back in cycles for us. And for me, you know, I kind of grew up with a lot of the uh, the Indian movies. And then as I started working in IT, uh, I'm an IT and HR guy, uh, in addition to acting, uh, that part pays the bills, at least still. Um, I started having um, experiences where a lot of the Indian immigration uh, came uh, to the United States. So for the last, you know, 15 or so years, now, uh, a lot of my friends are Indian. Uh, my, uh, my son, all of his friends are Indian because there is such a huge Indian community here. So oh, everything, everything is cycles. That's, that's awesome, man. That, that, that's so good to hear, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I find a lot of similarities between the uh, kind of the Russian and uh, Indian uh, cultures, which oh, actually I have, a, I have a question about your parents uh, yeah. in a minute. But, so you were growing up. You wanted to uh, you wanted to be in music. Uh, you play instruments. You wanted to be a rock star, and then you started doing some plays. When did the acting bug uh, kind of bite you? Um, I did a I did a play called Lysistrata. Mm -hmm. I did a play called Lysistrata, and it was a it's a comedy, and it was a reimagined uh, version. It wasn't like you know obviously the Greek version of it, but it was. Um, like a modern adaptation of it. And my character was really funny. And I just having done that experience and having taken the audience's reaction and, and feedback and stuff like that, I just love to make people laugh. I love making people happy and laugh and smiling and stuff. And, and um, I saw that as a way that I, I liked it. And I realized that I could be good at it. And so that was sort of the first real place where the acting bug hit. I had just actually just taken a drama class in general at school. And then, um, and then I auditioned for, for the play. Very cool. And now when you went to USC, was that for theater or did you have a double major? What was the, uh, the background there? So some of the Indian people that, you know, could be watching would would know that uh, that 
oftentimes there's a lot of pressure from parents to be doing two different things uh, in order for you to be doing an arts degree or, or for whatever reason you have to, um, you have to also do, do something academic at the same time as doing arts. So for me to, to, um, for me to be able to do acting, I had to also be doing something that, that is academic. So I did, I chose, uh, international relations and global business. In fact, I went through, I, I cycled through, uh, excuse me, you just give me one sec. I got to plug in my, uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Power cord. Um, I did international relations and global business after trying to cycle through a different bunch of different majors like neuroscience and linguistics and statistics and yeah. finally ended up in um, international relations, global business, because I, I felt that like I wanted to make some sort of an impact on the world and that if I wasn't doing acting, maybe I could go into, um, you know, be part of an NGO, go around the world, maybe try to help. Uh, Try to help people somewhere other than America. Um, so I decided to do both, and that allowed me to uh, act in plays at USC, but simultaneously also get that other degree. And that was the way that that my parents were like, "Okay, you can only you can all all help pay for this, but you have to do this and this." And and so that was the deal that was sort of made. Yeah, um, I. Not the same way for me. I'll get into my story in just a second. But I, I remember talking to uh, to uh, Sujit uh, Varighese, uh, who's an amazing actor uh, in Canada. And uh, he was saying that he was uh, the first uh, guy in his university to be a pre-med uh, theater double major. Um, so, yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. so hard to do. Like, yeah. the fact that you're doing all these pre-med classes, but also theater classes, I can't understand how, like, that takes a lot of determination yeah my parents were uh, were uh, simpler about it um, you know they they brought me here when they were 52 years old uh with you know 300 dollars in their pocket that they had to shell out basically at the border right. and they said no you're not going to be an actor right you you may have dustin hoffman's nose but he's a better actor so you're going <laughs> to get a career um so they didn't let me uh go for theater and they said you know do computers do uh, do something, but it has to be a career. So I, I never had a double uh, double major option that was not on the table. For not me. on the table, huh? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So you did that, and then um, for about three or four years, if I if I read correctly, uh, you struggled a bit. You you were working uh, part time jobs. You were doing a few things. Uh, how did you? Kind of convince your parents uh, and yourself that I'm going to continue pursuing this. I was, dude. I was doing everything from Uber to Lyft to Postmate, yeah. everything. I was doing so many different odd jobs and trying to trying to make rent and trying to pay for classes, acting classes, and trying to pay for all the things, my gas in my car, my auditions, and my insurance of things, and so. Like I was really scraping by, and there was a. They came a breaking point where I was like, I, I broke down several times, but one one of them was when like I really didn't know how I would consistently make enough money to try to keep trying in this career. Um. So I had a conversation with my parents, and 
they're like, okay, we're going to help you reset up at a different part of the city, get a fresh start. But you, but that's kind of it. That's where our help is going to end. And I took that as a wake up call a bit of like, maybe I need to like rethink a couple things that one, I need to rethink how I'm going to make more money. And, and so I decided to take up tutoring. So I tutored uh, kids. I tutored kids like middle schoolers and high schoolers. And, um, and you know, I, I love, I loved it so much that I still tutor to this day, even though I mean, I'm, because of Zoe's, I may not need the money as much as I did back then. I still just love doing it. Um, so, you know, so I decided to do that and that, that made some more money and that didn't necessarily like cost me in terms of gas and insurance and all that stuff to go around. And so, and I, and it, and it was a fulfilling way for me to make money. And then finally, I also realized that I needed to get, I needed to become a better actor. Because the reason I wasn't booking things was I tried to pin it on all these other thing, external factors. And they may have been true, mm. right? But what's something I could control is my attitude and my skill and what, what I invest in it. So one of my mentors, Anil, who was on my South Asian Speak Talk a few weeks ago, um, he 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 brought up to me I, I did a play with him and he he brought up to me he's like hey man maybe you should consider going back and training more and initially like i was resistant to it because i was like i don't need i mean i trained at usc i did this and that and I, you know and i was a little bit hesitant towards it and then and then i my defensiveness came down and i was like what do you recommend like, you know me, what do you recommend? And he, he suggested Meisner technique and I looked up Bill Esper studio in, in New York city. And I, I spent eight weeks there and met Bill and was part of his last summer class. Um, Bill just recently passed rest in peace. And, um, and, and so when I, took that class. I was so inspired that I came back to LA and I asked Anil, I was like, Hey, where can I continue doing this in Los Angeles? So I found a studio that I really liked. And, um, uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I kept on doing the Meisner technique. So, and as soon as I really invested in it, I saw my bookings and stuff and callbacks and all that stuff go way up. I just was a completely different actor after that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so interesting. You mentioned Meisner cause that was my turning point also. Um, oh. yeah, I, um, I thought I was a pretty good actor and I realized that I was way too much in my head and I was overthinking things and instead of focusing on my partner and then allowing that to uh, affect me in whatever way that it would, I was, um, because I'm a writer. Uh, and because of my IT background, I think all of that tended to focus me into, I know where the story is going. I've analyzed all the situations. This is what's supposed to happen now. I am saying this. I'm going to receive it. It became much more mechanical. And when I went to uh, to a school called uh, Black Box Acting in Chicago, 
and they have a combination of Meisner and viewpoints and some other things kind of thrown into the program. It just completely got me out of there. And it got me back to just being and reading and being there with the other person and being affected by the other person and then surprising by, you know, being surprised by, okay, I was not expecting this. Yes, that's the point. And I, I remember you talking about uh, Lauren Graham and how amazing she is to work with because she's uh, a person who gives you so much. I immediately thought, hmm, is that Meisner that he's, uh, he's- It is Yeah. It was 100% a reference to my training of, of, the thing is she is so free and so out of her head yeah. that just working with her when I'm there, it's literally I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because it's just so freeing because all I got to do is I know the circumstances and I know the context and I know I've done the work of like what the scene is about. I just trust that now. And then all I'm doing is my activity, which is oftentimes something at my desk and Lauren comes in and she gives me the line and I have a dialogue with her or something, but I don't know how I'm going to say it because it's literally coming off of the fact that she's giving me so much behavior and her, 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 her choice on the line is so different every time. So, you know, so I'm just, I'm just trying to be sensitive and be open and, and react truthfully. It's awesome. Um, it's so much more fun to do it that way. Uh, you don't, yeah, I will. We can spend just an hour talking about all of all of that approach, and uh, we'll we'll do a little bit of it a little bit later on. Um, almost at at Zoe's, um, although this would have been a perfect transition into it. But I wanna. I heard you say something that that made me uh, uh, just want to ask you this question. I heard that you almost got cast as Aladdin. Uh, what I didn't understand was that that was you almost getting cast as Aladdin on Broadway or in the film. Which one of those was it? I I went I had um I I went like through the rounds of both of those. Ooh. Um I remember I got a call I think maybe one or two callbacks for the Broadway one and I got one callback for the movie one and I remember I remember just not going th- forward but one of the I remember that at the time when I did the Broadway one, my dancing, which has gotten much better since then, was was pro I don't know why. I I mean there could be a million reasons why I didn't get it. And like, you know. Um but I've been I, let's just say I've I've become a better dancer since then and back then that that was definitely uh, uh uh something that i needed to work on yeah well listen you got zoe's i as far as i'm concerned you you got the better of uh, both of those options so uh, uh, although i love the movie uh, i haven't seen uh, aladdin on broadway i've seen aladdin when I, they came to chicago so technically it was you know kind of uh, and mina does a great job man he's like you know good for him yeah um but you know it's Zoe's, man um getting to zoe's what was what was the uh audition process uh, like for it so um 
it I remember it being last minute. It was like a Friday. Cool. Um end of the week, end of pilot season two, and I was getting a little bit stressed that, you know, things weren't going my way and I had just come off of a pilot the year before in the last before in the last two years I'd booked like two pilots. So this it felt like I I didn't book one this year and you know I must suck as an actor and and that's not the case people go years without booking pilots and then book one and then don't book one for years and then book another one it's like that that has nothing to do with you know whether you're good or bad it just that just depends on someone's taste and someone what someone is looking for um and but I remember it was in the evening on a Friday I remember it was a Friday because I was like all right, time to get ready for the weekend. And then this audition comes in. And I was like, I may have, I don't remember, but I may have low-key considered passing on it because there was so much stuff. I remember it was like a scene, a bunch of this Tobin scenes in the, almost all of them, I think, in the pilot. I had to do the ludicrous rap verse for All I Do Is Win. Yeah. I had to do, uh, and then I had to also sing a pop song that was upbeat. And so all of this, I was like, what? <laughs> and so uh, here's, here's the thing that I realized that like, I, I had a good shot at it. Because you know when you turn on your car, sometimes a song from your iPod immediately starts playing? Yeah. For me, that song, because my sister's iCloud accounts are connected to mine, she listens to a lot of, like, DJ Khaled. Mm -hmm. And she she had put in All I Do Is Win. That was that first song. And it would always come up. All I do is win, win, win. And so oftentimes when I just would start the car, I would just hear that song. And I would forget to turn it off because I was in a rush. And I would just hear the ludicrous rap verse so i actually surprisingly had it memorized and so that gave me the added benefit of not having a piece of paper going ludicrous going in on the verse because i've never been defeated i won't stop now put your hands up get him this guy and so i literally was just like ludicrous going in on the verse because i've never been defeated and i won't stop now and i could just be myself um and so i think that and I started with that, I remember, because I know like that's gonna be a very strong part of my audition because I had like mapped it out and everything. And then second, I spent a lot of time on each one of the jokes. Um, something people might not know is I spend a lot of time on every punchline, on giving 10, 15 different options, ideas I have, and maybe I'll show up on the day with two or three of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. But I I try to go in with a bunch of different ideas so that like, you know, if the director goes, Hey, we're going to try something else. What else you got? I got a bunch of different stuff just ready. Um, but anyway, so I had a bunch of different options for all the jokes and I tried them all all. And they actually gave me the opportunity to try them all. Nice. There was jokes that didn't make it into the pilot. And, uh, yeah, and so I, I got a call the next day, and that's, you know, it was on a plane to Vancouver. 
and then uh, you shot the pilot. And when did you find out if it got picked up? And did you know from the prior history of uh, of the pilots that you did before not getting picked up? Was there a thought of oh come on another one seriously? I I, I was because of the because of the disappointment from from you yeah. know from, from some of the other ones. I realized that like nothing is real until it's real and the ink is dry. So, um. So there was a week that some of the other NBC pilots were getting picked up. And I remember I was on a cast group chat with everyone. And we were talking and we were like, hey, like, you know, um, you guys are getting anxious about this? And then um, finally, it, you know, the, the, the pickup came and we were all really excited and happy. And, and, and yeah, and then we were like ready to go. That's awesome. Um, I know, uh, again, I, I, I do prep, yes. Um, in my prep, I saw that you say that one of the ways you get into a character is through music. So what would have been kind of that music uh, that you used in order to get into who Tobin is? Um, it's a great question. I, uh, I, I listen to a lot of... Um, I listened to a lot of because uh, I thought that the way he dressed, I think at least my interpretation of it, that Tobin would listen to a lot of 90s songs. So I remember that that, you know, I, I would play a 90s songs and stuff when I was waiting for my scene to go up and just to get into character a little bit, get hyped like positive sort of like, let's go, let's go, you know, kind of uh, songs that I think that's, that's what would get me in the right headspace to, to, to be Tobin. So. That's very cool. Um, one of my, one of my dad's, uh, you know, friends uh, who my dad used to act, uh, not professionally, but he used to act when he was uh, growing up. And his friend, who he was acting with, uh, actually made it into a career. And uh, when I talked to that friend a while ago, he said that the way that he gets into everything is kind of the outside in. You first put on the clothes, and then with the clothes, depending on the clothes and how the clothes feel, you start understanding the character. So that was his uh, path. So um, I more, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I, Tobin has such a unique outfit the backwards hats you can tell like I've actually it's like life imitating art now yeah. um, and and so or art imitating life I think it's life imitating art yeah it's life yeah. imitating it's both. Yeah. Um, but but every time I because I wear a lot of like sweaters and stuff and so I would go into my trailer I'd open up the you know cabinet and it would have night outfit for the day and I was like yo this is crazy and I would put it on yeah and I would just like own it I was like this is me now and I'd be listening to the 90s music I'm like rocking like looking at the clothes and I'm just like in it and I think that sort of got me into the like I started like walking differently I started like thinking differently I started I mean that's just how and, and I've done that for different roles too. And mm -hmm. I've done that for several different roles. I mean, I had a lot, I have a lot of theater experience and theater 
you know, oftentimes you're, you, you get, you get the, you know, privilege to play these outlandish characters. And I, I have, and just wearing the outfits of those people and hearing the music and stuff around you. And it's very easy to, to not easy, but it's, it's very fun to get lost in, yeah. in the world of what that person would look like, sound like, talk like, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I want to know kind of when I'm when I'm reading um, when I'm reading the uh, whether it's a play or the sides, kind of I start getting impressions of uh, okay, this is what the character kind of walks like and talks like and has tendencies, is he, you know, a gum chewer, you know, what type of uh, shirt is he going to wear? Like all of those things come into play. And the the most fun characters I've played are the characters who are wearing stuff that I would not. <laughs> right. And, That's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you just get a chance to, uh, to get out of your own way and to really inhibit somebody else. And uh, then you can go as big as you want or as small as you want. It's fun. And you, it's a lot easier to play that way for me, anyway. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so you're you're on this incredible, um, you know, incredible set with amazing people uh, who are well known and well respected. Uh, but it's work and it's a lot of focus. You know, at what point did you kind of uh, realize, hey, I'm I'm on an NBC pilot, uh, excuse me, NBC sitcom with all of these people who I know at what point did that kind of uh, uh, get into play? Um, I mean, immediately, <laughs> I mean, I, as soon as I, like, I didn't know exactly who was, I just didn't have the time to like do necessarily all the research yeah. uh, uh, immediately, but because it was like a 24 hour turnaround. But I got there, and I was like, whoa. Yep. What? Yep. Where am I? And so I guess, man, I mean, they've never made me feel like that. They've always made me feel like I was, even though I was intimidated, I never, they never made me feel that way. They never made me, their vibe never made me feel like that. They were so approachable. Good. And that's why I could create friendships with, with everyone because, because, you know, a lot of the stuff of their attitude of being able to like really um, bring me in. And so I was very grateful for that. And Skylar was one of the people that was one of the first people that would like, hey, by the way, guys, Cap was on in a play called Radiant Vermin that me and, um, you know, his ex-wife at the time had gone to see. And like everyone, like you should go check that out because it's like he was so good in it. And um, he's up for an award and this and that. And he was hyping me up to everyone. And I was like, hey, wow, dude, I'm so like, thanks for you don't need to do that, but like, wow, like, thank you for being a fan of me. Like that was, that came out of nowhere. So, um, and I was, I was such a fan of every single one of those people going in. And, and so, um, it just made me feel really welcome and, and it was nice. Yeah. It's, it's great to be on a set like that. I'm, I'm really happy because all of them, 
you know, I don't know any of them personally. I got to know, you know, Noah a bit uh, from uh, from our conversations, but all of them seem like genuinely nice people. So it's it's good to hear that that's the uh, reality of what's going on. Yeah, they are. They're all amazing. Yeah. So uh, Skylar doing all of these things. Is that why uh, I read that you're on Team Max rather than Team Simon? Yeah, I'm on Team Max. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, look, man. I mean, I think um, I'm on Team Max not because not because of my friendship with Skylar, actually. Okay. Um, I'm on Team Max simply because I think Max is closer to Zoe in a more meaningful way. I think that Simon and Zoe in the future could have a much deeper connection and a more meaningful connection, actually, open to that. But I think the way things stand as of season one, right, towards the end of season one, I think, you know, Zoe and Max are great. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm kind of team Max, uh, even though I – I love what they're doing with Simon and I love that they're adding a lot more to it. And there's a lot of depth and heart there, but uh, I'm team Max just because I identify with Max a lot more. Uh, I'm the, you know, nerdy lovey, uh, you know, type of guy. So I'm going to root for, you know, for Max anyway. Right. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where I fall into that. But uh, we'll see what happens in season two and hopefully season three, four and, you know, so on. Um, so as, as I'm watching again, as me as a fan, I'm watching and I love the show. Me as an actor is, is still in there. And as I'm watching the show, I would sometimes, uh, pause it literally to the dismay of all of my family members and say, I wonder how many takes this took because I'd be peeing my pants about 15 times during it. How how often did you guys break? Because I don't know if I'd be able to hold it together. Dude, you know that shrimp scene? Yes. I could not hold my shit together, man. That 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 probably took so many more takes than it should have. Because all of us were realized how fucking ridiculous that was that I brought a bunch of shrimp to one of an incredibly serious conversation. And, and, um, there was, there was a couple takes that, you know, they didn't end up using and arguably the one they use is probably the funniest, but there was, there was one take that I remember. There was one take that I remember that I was like, I was like, Hey guys, what just happened? By the way, don't tell Ava I took these. And then, and then Renee goes, Hi, I'm Ava. Yep. By the way, this is all improv. And so, by the way, I was like, by the way, don't tell Ava I took these. I haven't met her yet. She yeah. goes, hi, I'm Ava. Yep. And then I go, I'm going to put these back. <laughs> and, 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 and that one I thought was, but the thing is like, I just couldn't keep my shit together for yep. For, like I don't know, like it, the I think the only usable one was the one they used because I was breaking so hard on that one, and also uh, there was there was there was a few ones that like I I we all broke. There was a lot of there was um 
there was there was a few jokes that like Skylar and I had went back and forth. There was like, hey, I got my baby toe amputated, and then Skylar threw in like, is that why they call you Tobin? And oh. I didn't end up making it in, but 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 some of that stuff. I mean, there was a lot of jokes that didn't make end up making it in, but but I think the jokes, all of them, there was we were just dying just like listening to it. I think oftentimes we would get our like funny, like get the funny whateverness out when we were just doing the blocking because we would block and you know, I would be reading it and, and, and we would laugh or, you know, someone would say something else and I would laugh. And, and so, uh, and then when we actually did the, did the take of it, like all that laughter and stuff was gone, but there was obviously some that like, it was still there, like the shrimp one for sure. Yep. It's, it's awesome. NBC and shrimp, you know, the good place, they, they keep on inserting shrimp and I love it. Please continue. Um, by the way, you know, you mentioned uh, Ava. I just got done watching uh, Altered Carbon. So I still have, you know, her in my mind as that character. And then I see her completely different now dancing. Yeah. Okay. I, I really need to reconfigure my brain for a second. It was very cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Altered Carbon yet, but I hear she's wonderful. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, the whole show, it's, you know, I know you're a fan of acting. From the acting perspective, I'm blown away by the work that they're doing on that show. You know, seasons one and two. Um, like Chris uh, Chris Connor, uh, I literally, I don't know why he's not getting nominated for awards for his uh, portrayal of of the character. He's an AI in there. He's oh wow! Ridiculously amazing. Like anytime I watch it, I stop, and uh, I I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can do this myself. It's just brilliant. So I highly recommend it. By the way, Altered Carbon. That's um, awesome. So what's you know kind of uh, uh, talking about this? What is your acting approach? I know we talked Meisner. Um, what what are you using that works for you? What am I using um, that works for me? Um, like specifically, do you just want something in general or? No, it's just, uh, I talked, again, there are so many approaches and uh, people swear by certain approaches because they work for them. Other people say nothing works and you just have to throw it all away and, you know, and be, you know. So I just, for me, it's interesting to hear what works for you, whatever it is, whether it has um, an approach name or not. What is it that works for uh, you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, preparing as much as possible. Okay. Preparing as much as possible. Having different ideas. Uh, knowing how I feel about everything. Yeah. Knowing how I – understanding the scene ten times in different angles, different ways. Um, knowing how Tobin or I would feel about what everyone is saying. Mm -hmm. And about all the things that are happening, the circumstance, knowing, having a very clear perspective on what is going on in the scene, having, um, yeah, so that, knowing what I'm trying to do throughout the scene, having a clear entrance, a clear exit, which is important for comedy, mm -hmm. um, and and then knowing, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, like my specialty is comedy. And, and so, so knowing where the punchlines are, knowing mm -hmm. 
where we can craft nuances, knowing where, where, where you can, you know, um, find places to improvise and if they allow you to. Um, and then after you do all of that, let it go, know that you've done it already. And so, you know, all these things, you don't need to hang on to them. You don't need to study them like it's some paper. You just know them. And, and then when you're there on the day, just put your attention on the other person, do the activity or whatever you're doing to get in. And it's literally, I mean, it's Meisner. It's, uh, that's all I do. So. Very cool. Um, comedy is, you know, especially sitcom. It's so complex. It, it may seem easy to, uh, to the people who are viewing it, but it's, it's like a, a piece of music. It has very specific rhythm. You have to hit the right notes. It builds up to, uh, to a crescendo. There's a lot of work that goes into it uh, to make it work. So yeah, comedy is, is very cool. Um, you mentioned uh, kind of you know life imitating art. You've mentioned uh, you know me or Tobin. I know that uh, Austin, you know after after a few episodes, he started understanding more about who you are, and he started writing you know Tobin more to match uh, Cap. You know what were some of the changes that you noticed when you said, oh, you're writing uh, Tobin to be more like me? Well, what was that? I don't know if he was consciously doing that. Okay. No. I don't know if he had meant to, but I, I think that's how I saw it. Okay. Um, because in, in, a, in a conversation with him on a plane, I remember him telling me that, like, there's there's a lot of similarities between you and Tobin. Um, but I don't know if he, like, consciously – I'm sure, like, knowing my sensibility and knowing who I am as a person, he was writing, yeah. having known my strengths, right? So – but, but what was the question? Well, um, if you've noticed some changes, like Tobin started out this, and then you saw him uh, kind of moving a little more towards who think, you are. I think what's really cool is that like Tobin was a really misunderstood character. Okay. And that. Like, I love that Austin brought a lot of heart to Tobin. Yeah. That, like, you know, you didn't see Tobin and, like, I hate that guy. Or some people did, and then maybe, like, throughout the course of the season, they might have changed their minds. Right. Because it just goes to show that everyone has a journey to go through and learning of where they're messing up, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think Tobin... For him, he's like exposed to a lot of different bro-y voices. Yeah. And, and I think for him, the change goes from the beginning. He he likes he wants to be the idea of a bro more than he wants to be a bro. He likes the idea of that more than he actually is that. So that when we learn that about his sensitivity as the season goes on, we learn that like we can empathize with the character that wanted to be like something and then realize that they are great as who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's again, it's Zoe's. They're not, they're not making any token characters they're diving in. They're not taking anything uh, for granted and they're not shying away from anything. 
So that's that's the part that I really appreciated about it. Um, very cool. Going going away from acting for a second, uh, um, I, I read somewhere that you're a fan of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, which I, is my favorite cartoon ever. Really, I I just started to I just started to get into it with my sister. We're just like in the first season of it, oh. so you have you have a lot of fun to go to and uh, i think you know hearing you talk and, and learning about you in in my prep i see that you're very uh you're sensitive in a way that you're open <clears throat> to uh to information and you process things and you are a deep person so Thanks, that is a, is a you're welcome and that's a wonderful show i think you'll enjoy it on a much deeper level than uh you know some of the kids who are watching it and then uh, once you're done with Aang, you're going to get to Korra, um, who is a very different uh, avatar, but still dealing with a lot of uh, her own issues. It's a, it's, it's a fabulous uh, series. I, I absolutely love it. I, when my daughter was growing up, I, uh, you know, I watched it on my own. Then I watched it with my daughter when I thought it was appropriate for her. Then I rewatched it with my son as, as he was growing up. So I've gone through all of these uh, iterations. Wow. It's, Awesome. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's it's so it's so interesting that like when you rewatch something at a different point of time in your life, when different things are happening around you, yep. something that is that you know is a good piece of art can tell you something or show you something different depending on where you're at in your own life. Yeah. Um, you you'll uh, I'll I'll I want to talk to you after you're done uh, with it because there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth in that uh, show. As a matter of fact, there are uh, there are some uh, teachings um, that they're baking into uh, into the uh, kind of the world and the uh, philosophy and uh, theology in a way of of uh, Avatar. So some people are taking certain parts where they're talking about you you're gonna get there later. But when they're talking about chakras and how to open them up and everything else, like if you believe in spirituality, yoga or anything else, you know, it's all there in Aang. And they're talking about all of it with all of the elements. It's, you know, from a spiritual perspective, it's it's a it's a dream. So I love it. Well, I will, I will definitely, uh, you know, uh, watch the whole thing and, and you know, yeah. I'll let you know. Very cool. Um, all right. Uh, to uh, To wrap things up, a few more things I wanted to find out. Um, what is one one thing? Let's let's keep it to one thing. What is the one thing that most people don't know about you? The one thing people don't know about me that you want to share on you know an international uh, you know, YouTube channel. Right. I think I would say I'm I'm I come across maybe very chatty and extroverted but when i'm not i'm i i really like my alone time a lot i'm i'm i can be i can be very quiet i like to read i like to you know process things and take my own time and um oftentimes that it doesn't mean i'm like shy i didn't i don't want to say i'm shy that but like i'm i just need my like recharge time a lot and and um, that may not, when you meet me, you may not necessarily, it may not be so apparent. Yeah, 
you're an extroverted introvert. Yes, it's a good way to put it. Um, I, I had to come up with that because I'm the same way. You know, Great. Uh, yeah, when, when I'm out, uh, people think that I want to be the center of attention and I want to be in every conversation, which is true. Um, but yeah. yeah, if I don't get my alone time when there's just silence, uh, I don't do very well. Same, same. And so like, I need that time to process and like, go back and like be recharged, think about things, because otherwise I can't be that other version of myself uh, if, I, if I don't have that opportunity to decompress and like step away from things. Yeah, well, it's, it's balance. You know, we need to have that balance in life. Um, what's next for you? I know uh, the show got picked up, which is awesome. Hopefully things will start opening up and you can actually start recording it. Um, what's yeah. in, in, addition uh, to, uh, in addition to the show? I've been doing some quarantine work. Um, nice. I, I filmed a series called Bolly Weird that was just out and um, you know, it was a fun quarantine project that which was great. The whole team was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just am working on a another quarantine project called Hotspot. Um uh which is an which is one episode of another series centered around quarantine which I'm going to be doing, which I'm going to be filming literally at my own house, which is, which will be fun. Nice. Uh, other than that, I th- hope I'll get to get back to filming uh, a Netflix show that I booked. It was called, it's called special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if, if you know, if everything goes well and we don't have a second wave and, and it's safe, then, then fingers crossed, you know, hopefully it'll start back up in August or something, August, September. Very cool. Um, Lastly, and this is uh, the only, you know, same question that I ask of uh, all of all the actors that come into the show. But if you were able to give a, um, you know, one acting advice to a younger actor version of yourself, what would that be? Focus on the other person's lines, not yours. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Would have served me well early on. Because <laughs> yeah. when we look at a script, the first thing we ever do is, usually as a young actor, you look at your lines and how to make your lines great. Yep. But you can't even begin to think about how you're going to make your lines great unless you really understand the other person's lines. That's true. Thank you. That's very yeah. cool. Thanks, Cap. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, um, best of luck on Zoe's. Uh, please say hello to everybody. I love them all dearly. Uh, and uh, hopefully it gets renewed for another 15 seasons. Ah, Alan, thank you so much, man. This was such a great conversation and, and so well researched. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, it's, it's, it's only you know, a couple of uh, pages that I had to get down to a much smaller uh, text just because I have questions. And uh, Three, four, or five of them I didn't even get a chance to ask because it didn't make sense in the conversation. But thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, of course. And thanks for everybody for tuning in. We, we appreciate it. Um, we know that uh, you love acting as much as we do, and that's why we do this. So thanks. Uh, please comment. Uh, please subscribe. Please share. And uh, tell everybody why you love acting.